0: Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz.
1: Welcome to episode 19. My name is Scott Wyden-Kivowitz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel from Photoscribe. Hey, Rachel.
2: Hey, Scott. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Um... You are not on video today, so anybody who's um, watching the video, yes, Rachel is uh, calling in um, audio only because she's actually away and she's working while on vacation. Um,
2: yes, at which, the beach, which yeah. is awesome. <laughs> Never <laughs> stop dreaming,
1: right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which actually I did the same thing uh, last week. I went to the beach here in Jersey and uh, we f- we spent a few days in the beach and I, w- I wound up working the entire time from the hotel right. room, so.
2: <laughs> you know, the perils of working from home means you have the flexibility, yeah. but sometimes it, you know, I, I actually don't mind because it's one beach day. I'm a very pale Irish-Swedish, <laughs> so the son and I don't always get along,
1: <laughs> Yeah,
2: but... Um, I'm excited to be here and to talk to our guest this week.
1: Yeah, so today we have A.D. Wheeler, who is from New York. He's a New York-based travel photographer specializing in landscape and a style that he likes to call scape, which we'll let him talk about. Um, so A.D. runs the uh, Explorographer and is a creator and editor-in-chief at a new website, which I'm also excited for him to share with everybody, um, called Travel Obscura and that's TravelObscura.com. So to supplement his travels and the work that he shares, A.D. sells limited edition prints of his work on metal, so he does a lot on metal. He also licenses work for businesses, hotels, offices, and many more. In July 2014, A.D. was invited to be a master and mentor at the Arcanum, and he's been mentoring an active community ever since. In fact... I was teaching at the uh, at the Arcanum for about a year, and uh, when I decided to leave, a lot of my students wind up going over to AD's uh, cohort, which is what the classes are basically called at the Arcanum. So um, I've known AD now for over a year, and uh, we've shot together a few times, and he is awesome, and I'm very excited to uh, share AD with the Imagely community and the you know the WordPress Photography podcast community and um, and uh, see what he has to share for with everybody. So welcome, Aiden.
0: Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Um, so before we get into what's going on with you and to talk about Travel Obs- Obscura, um, and of course to talk about what Abandonscape is, um, let's dive into a little bit of WordPress photography-related news. We've got three pieces. Um, the first one is that Uh, And This has been out for a while now, but I've got a new speaking engagement, so I want to make sure I get them all out there on the table uh, in the podcast. If you are in the Toronto, Canada area, I will be speaking at Canada Photo Convention uh, in October. It's October 4th through 6th, and I'll be speaking on Image SEO. Very excited about that one. Um, I will also be speaking at, and this is a new one that I just got booked for, out of New York Photography Conference. Um, that's October 14th through 16th, and that's going to be on WordPress for photographers. Perfect topic. Awesome. Um, so Out of New York is the first um, conference of this series in New York. Um, Chris Smith, who runs out of, uh, out of Chicago Photography Conference, is doing his first one not in Chicago. You could say it's outside of Chicago. So there's a fun pun. Um, so uh, that's going to be a fun one, and we'll have links to those in the show notes. Rachel has another one, that another bit of news she wants to share.
2: Yes, oh. WordCamp Boston is July 23rd and 24th at Boston University, and you can find out more at the WordCamp Boston website, which I think is just WordCampBoston.org. Um, um, but you can always Google it. It's a great time. There's, uh, there is a Contributor Day again, so if you're interested in coming and learning more and then contributing to core, um, the core WordPress.org, Um, You know, you don't have to be a developer. You can be a designer. You can be a photographer. You can come and just learn. Um, So it really is a good time. I have been in the planning committee for a couple years. I wasn't able to do it this year, but I will be there as a volunteer. Um, So I will be there the entire time just hanging out. It's a good group of people. Great.
1: And uh, I was there last year, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a good group. Um, So, uh, A.D., tell us, what is Abandonscape?
0: Uh, Well, it's a made-up thing. (laughs) 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 Um, Well, you know, uh, I'm going to actually be at the out of New York thing, too. Nice. I'm I'm not speaking, I don't believe. I'm not sure yet. We're still... But, uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll get to hang out again and and do some more shooting. So, anyways, um, yeah, Abandonscapes is kind of just... So, I started out in uh, shooting kind of landscape sort of stuff, And I live in a really small area, a small town, and kind of um, just couldn't find anything. You know, everything I was shooting I I had already seen before and seen other folks do and do amazingly well. And so I was just trying to find something different to do. So uh, there's a lot of abandoned things here in upstate New York, (laughs) um, a lot of them. And so um, I just started, you know, I guess the the 14-year-old in me started, you know, exploring a little bit and uh, looking for something different. And uh, a friend of mine who got me into this, uh, an amazing artist, Walter Arnold, I haven't been able to get him in in the group of people. He works way too much. But if you guys check out um, artofabandonment.com, my buddy Walter is the man responsible for getting a DSLR in my hands. And when I first got my camera... um, He said, you know, let's go shooting. And I said, well, all right, I got all these waterfalls. And he's like, no, let's shoot something weird. Let's find something crazy to shoot. And we went like on a four-day excursion uh, back in 2008. And uh, I just fell in love with it. And it was just shooting old abandoned buildings, old historic sites that have been kind of left for dead or uh, nature had reclaimed, that sort of thing. And then I started writing about it. It just became natural to write about the adventure. We, We ran into some trouble at some of the places and... Just the fun things that happened and in, in, um, in the history on some of the places was amazing. Uh, in finding out more about this, and then one thing led to another, and Abandoned Scape's for me was born. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. Although since the Arcanum, I've done a lot less of it. Uh, Scott, as you know, mm-hmm. um, it's a very all-encompassing thing and takes a lot of your time. And I don't do as much uh, as I used to. But I'm still I'm traveling more now. Than I ever have so um,
1: it's especially uh time consuming when you've got more than one cohort
0: <laughs> oh brother yeah forty <laughs> I have forty six apprentices I think right now total and uh it does yes I'm ta- I'm on sabbatical right now actually taking time off so I was uh, I was able to find time to actually do this podcast <laughs> uh, but they do they do use up a lot of my time but I love yeah. it I love everybody in it um
2: I know i I went to the website there can and you know it's like magical digital, I'm like for the Harry Potter fan and all of us, you know, who's also a photographer, it definitely has a very targeted market. <laughs> um, so I love the idea of abandoned scape. I love that you're doing, you know, beautiful landscapes, but with this element of intrigue and things that you find in your local community. Um, when you say that you're writing about it, is that were you blogging? How were you getting that message out to go along with your images when you first sort of started this journey?
0: Well, um, yeah, when I first started, the whole goal was, I wasn't big into social media, so the whole goal was uh, to, um, actually, I don't think social media was all that big when I first started it, and I, I really just wanted to create a website and write little stories and um, include all of my photos. Like, I wasn't very choosy about the photos. I I would basically um, put everything in there that I shot, um, and some of my stories, especially my earlier stories on my website, are almost like mini novels. they're they're literally they have you know thirty and forty photos uh, in the story, and I go through the whole history and multiple visits and all sorts of different things. And um, it just was a way for me to kind of record uh, what I did so that I would remember um, about the history of these places because they don't last very long. It's interesting um, in abandoned scape photography, generally what happens, is you will find a location and it'll either be abandoned and pristine. And I mean pristine as in like overgrown by nature. Nobody has really been there. There's no tagging. There's no scrapping. It's kind of just this rundown building or site that just looks like humans just disappeared off the off the planet. And so, you know, that's, that's the ideal time to get it. But shortly after a few dozen people shoot there um, and people even if you don't release the location people still find it and right. um, and yeah. then it gets destroyed and then it's gone so there's a very small window um, you know and in in I these locations are so amazing that, that you cannot not share them um, you know a lot of a lot of advocates out there will say don't share don't share the thing is people still find them and I think it's really important for people to know that we kind of are a throwaway society, and um, you know, in Europe, I, I first got into abandoned escapes uh, because of the Europe scene. And over in Europe, they have this amazing urbex scene, as they call it, urban exploration. And they find these sites, and they not only photograph them, but they clean them up. And this mm. is the photographers and artists, right? We don't do that over here. Nope. It, it, you know, and we don't. We also don't reuse. We don't reclaim. Um, we just, you know, tear the stuff down after a while and put up a cinder block building or something. It's, um, so, you know, I recently went to Chicago, and um, you can see that on the Travel Obscura site. I did a uh, an architecture piece and art about Chicago because I just love the fact that they kept the old buildings and they've worked really hard to restore and take away some of the, the modernization of those old buildings to bring them back to what they originally were. Now, they you know, the amenities are all are modern and, and whatnot, but they've restored, like, the, the beauty in the buildings and taken out, you know, uh, additions and things like that and brought the buildings back to what they they were originally, and I really appreciated that while I was in Chicago. I'd never been, so this was my first visit this year, so it was pretty awesome. Right. I
2: do think, um, you know, I wanted to address the reclaim and because I think that that is becoming an element in more of the portrait and wedding photography Um because I think that the trend is is the Pinterest, you know, to see um, those you know reclaimed barn doors coming in. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting from you know the different points of view, the different sort of monet- how you monetize your photography business. Where you're doing travel and landscape, you have this one point of view, and then for the portrait and wedding photographers who are out there like drooling over those you know those reclaimed elements to add that vintage feel to you know, to have it with whether it's with people or without people. Um, So I wanted to get back to you just started writing in terms of not worrying about uh, building an audience, but did an audience just start to happen naturally because you were putting it out there?
0: Yeah, partially. um, I didn't get a lot of coverage at first, and I really wasn't concerned with that as much as I was just getting, you know, getting it recorded. And I also was doing uh, art festivals at the time. So I was doing a lot of juried art festivals, trying to get my work out there as far as just the photographs themselves. And I started to – and Walter helped me with this too because he's kind of like a pro at it. Uh, And it really just kind of – it kind of evolved after a while because people wanted to know when they'd see the the stuff on the wall – or in my booth, they wanted to know more about the location, so the story started coming forward. And then, it, you know, after a while, it was like, well, just check out my website. And then, of course, social media came along, and all of it, uh, the shift went away from the website. Um, and for a long time, for and I say a long time, three or four years, which is a long time when you're working on a project, one one single project, I tended to lean more towards just putting stuff on social media and kind of not supporting the website like I should. And it wasn't until this whole teaching in the Arcanum thing that um, they called upon me for a higher-level class, um, what they call a Sphere 2 experience, which is a tuition-based part of the Arcanum. And um, at that point in time, the whole Travel Obscura thing was kind of born, and I really shifted the focus um, and taught 16 people to come back to that core, which is your website. Because Facebook, as much as we love Facebook and as much as we love Google+, and all this stuff, they're going to go away at some mm-hmm. point in time. Yeah, they sure. will go away. But the websites will still be there. And so um, building that core and having your own thing is really important to me. And and so I've, I've shifted that now, and we're back. It's a big paradigm. Now we're back to... Um, it, it, everything happens at the website first. Nothing happens, right. you know, social media or anyplace else uh, until after it happens at the website.
1: And I think that um, also kind of goes hand in hand with um, the fact that you can have a website, uh, but it could be on a platform that you've got no control over that could right. go away at any point in time. So that brings it back to WordPress because Facebook could go away, Google Plus can go away, Twitter could go away, and then uh, you know website platform ABC could go away. But if you're on WordPress, it's not going anywhere because it's software that you have control over. Right. So, right.
2: so that's um, the million-dollar question. Um, when you started, did you start on WordPress? Because you know we can really get uh, technical about it, and I think that's what our listeners like to hear: is not only your business side of it, but how did you translate that business to WordPress? So when you first started sort of writing those no- novellas, let's call them, were you on WordPress or did you switch to it later in your journey?
0: It was a pretty quick switch. Uh, I started with HTML and really just, uh, you know, coded everything by hand in Notepad. I mean, wow. those, those were the days. <laughs> and um, and then I started, you know, learning about PHP scripts and I was running my own server at the time and I couldn't afford to pay for a server and this was just basically running it off my cable connect out of my house you know um, and then you know it was an it was kind of just one of those you know uh, natural progression things as the shows started going better and I started selling I started putting that money back into how can I how can I get away from spending a lot of time at the console um, in programming <clears throat> excuse me um, and how could I uh, really spend more time shooting and, and writing and doing the creative part of it. And so along came WordPress where you have a team of dedicated developers always watching out for you that work for you for basically for free. Um, you know, uh, And I pay for uh, development here and there when I need it, but I do a lot of it myself. And I just think that that kind of support is amazing uh, the community and, and to be able to do that. That's why I, I really like, you know, we were talking about the OBS, uh, open broadcast studio thing earlier. I love that open source and people helping each other out and mm-hmm. making an amazing product. I mean, unbelievable and sharing yeah. it, uh, just, just can't beat it. And I recommend everybody, you know, there's Drupal, there's, there's Joomla, there's all these other platforms out there, but I still come back to WordPress and, and all of my students use WordPress now and, um, they were resistant at first. I think a lot of people are intimidated, but we've got, like in the sphere, we also have a um, a WordPress 101 video course and a WordPress 102 video course that get people kind of um, going on that. And we have weekly hangouts talking about the intricacies and this and that. And here we are eight months later, and I have 16 WordPress pros now. I mean, these guys awesome. are teaching other people. So. Um. Yeah, it's one of those things. It looks intimidating at first, but I tell anybody if you can write an email, <laughs> you can handle WordPress. You really can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so,
1: yeah. The um the the biggest hurdle that I see most people get uh, get faced with is the user the user interface is really uh, not simplified enough. Um, but there's education to get get around it. There's plugins that can walk you through the process. Right. Um. So. Mm-hmm. It's getting easier and easier. Um, so let's talk about uh, Travel Obscura. What what is it? Uh, why'd you build it? Uh, how'd you build it? And all that kind of fun stuff.
0: Well, um, like I said, the Arcanum came to me for uh, a sphere two, and um, because I'm uh, Urbex or abandoned based photographer, it's very hard to teach that because there's a liability issue that goes along with uh, properties and photographing sometimes you know when I first started it there was a whole lot of uh, just walk on you know if, if, if the door was open so to speak we went and shot it you know and um, so I mean we were you know I guess I wasn't young but I could say I was young and stupid at the time <laughs> but um, I, you know, I do things differently now we handle it as a historical aspect and I contact owners and the network has grown which is cool but when i you know I had to develop something for a sphere two project i was i couldn't like come up with anything other than the fact that um what I had done is progressed from a d wheeler photography, which is what I started out as um and i re- I, and I displayed everything it wasn't just abandonscapes. i had it took me a long time to realize what I really wanted to bring to the public so I did all these things like macro and Portrait and weddings and model photography and everything. I mean, it was just it's photography. Like I'm, you know, we're all photographers. It, it, you like to take pictures of everything. That's what we do. Right. But you need to be focused for um, for the public. I think and and kind of define yourself. So progressions led here and there. And the Arcana asked me to define myself, and I sat down and looked in the mirror and went, okay. It's time. I've got to peel away all the other stuff. I can still have fun and do that stuff, but what am I going to put out there? And I did the Explorographer. Um, that was my first kind of part of it. And what I wanted to do for the Sphere 2 thing was to teach other photographers how to focus, how to, um, you know, you can be a wedding photographer and a travel photographer. Just don't put them on the same website, folks. Yeah, uh, Separate them so people know. Um, and, I you know, I if you're going to be, if you want to be, uh, the best, I would really suggest you focus on one or the other, but, you know, every, I've, I've seen people do both and do amazing work, um, but you do want to have them separate uh, on the website uh, so that they're focused, and um, so the whole idea for Travel Obscura was it started out with just the name of this cohort, and uh, I was going to teach people to do travel blogs, like how do you do a travel blog, and how do you how do you put your photos to words and all this kind of stuff, and... Then, along in the middle of it, I had this wild, crazy idea to start a magazine for a resource magazine for travel photographers. And what could I do with the WordPress core and offer, um, you know, a a better experience or more of an experience uh, on WordPress that you could actually take with you or you could plan a trip or you could... Uh, do all sorts of different things with this website. So we're still building, but I've got these 15 amazing writers, photographers, um, working and collaborating on this site, sharing every location that they shoot at. And we have a little thing called a bucket list where you can go and you can favorite the posts that you like. And we have a profile page uh, that saves those favorites so that you can... um, so you can go back and find those. If you're on the road, you can just call it up on mobile. Uh, it's a very mobile-friendly site. Uh, and when you call up those favorites, uh, there's also uh, a world travel map where you can find directions from wherever you're at in the world to this location. So we're wow. we're and what we want to do in the down the road if we can get enough support. It is a support subscription-based website. There's a lot of free stuff on it. You can go and read all the stories you want and enjoy all that. You can favorite all the things you want. You can use the bucket list feature. That's all free. Um, You do have to sign up in order to use all that stuff, but it's free. Um, We have a $2 a month subscription rate, which gets you a bunch of features, and then we have a $5 supporter uh, per month uh, subscription, which is a reoccurring thing. And that gets you into private communities, it gets you photo critiques, it gets you travel tips, maps, hiking, jeep trails, all sorts of crazy stuff. And the the goal is to get the website so that it's user supported and then once we get to a certain level we want to develop an iOS and an Android app which uses the data from the website in a really nice, well laid out app instead of just a mobile page which Mm -hmm. is what we're doing right now. Yeah, you should look
1: at um, you should look at uh, app pressor and reactor for I have for I've mobile.
0: looked at both of those and I'm very excited we're not ready yet um, we, we have a lot of fine tuning and the thing that's cool is that the site has a, a link on it a beta link and you can provide feedback directly to us um, and we you know if you want to see a feature on the website, Um, And we've got a lot of really cool features. We've got private forums right now. We've got uh, gear reviews done by our very own, you know, Stu Davidson is doing Mm -hmm. gear reviews for us. Um, So it's pretty amazing. Um, And I'm so happy that everybody is getting something cool out of this. I mean, that's the the thing. It's this collaboration, which is what makes it work. I'm just a guy who put all the junk together and pulled it into one spot. But everybody collaborates. So is it...
1: um Is it majority of it your apprentices that are running the show or or, or are you still doing a lot there besides from just maintaining the site and stuff like that?
0: Um, I'm in a full editor role, really. I just kind of oversee the site. Um, They're all handling... um, What's really neat is we have everything pretty much uh, automated from each WordPress site, and uh, we're using the NextScripts auto-poster to actually, when they post... It auto feeds right into Travel Obscura, and then is parsed in, in Travel Obscura and reformatted for uh, Travel Obscura to fit that theme. So, what's really nice is it's pretty pretty like no load on most people. I mean, oh, so, uh, th- so you're actually
1: cross posting from from their own sites to yep. Travel Obscura, um, right? Are you giving giving the appropriate canonical for SEO purposes so there's no duplicate content issues? Yeah. yeah.
0: And so the other thing, too, is that we're also... um, They're also adding content to that. So what's really nice is that um, there's bonus content at Travel Obscura that you don't get on their website. So, like, if we include maps or hiking trails and things like that or... Mm -hmm. uh, restaurant tips or anything that has to do with the traveling to that location, it's locked content, and that's you know what we're going to talk about there. The uh, the uh, recommended plugin thing that we're using uh, it, it allows us to lock certain parts of the content. So until you're a subscriber, you get this little neat little box that says, "Hey, you you should unlock this. Uh, it's worth it." Check it yeah, out. So so let's let's talk
1: about that. We can um we can rearrange the uh, order of the show. <laughs> so let's talk about your recommended plugin because it does relate to this. Um, so uh typically we go into a a, you know, a topic um in you know a general WordPress topic that photographers might be interested in um, but and then we would go into a guest recommended plugin. So gotcha. um the plugin that you recommend for photographers to check out. Now, the the one you're going to recommend is specific to anybody who's going to have a membership-based site like Travel Obscura or something else. Um, Right, and
2: and before we talk about that, where would, like, a photographer, any kind, any genre, um, where would they use this in their business? Like... Uh, to me, I see the possibilities and if you're forming a group of local affiliates or if you're forming an education site, um, what do you recommend you know to bring it back to WordPress can do it, but why would you do it as a photographer or a group of photographers?
0: So um, you mean use this plugin.
2: Well, use the whole, I love what you're building here where you have, you've talked a lot about the editors and the writers and the content, um, but the whole development part, which I know we're going to get into with the plugin. but what, what was your thinking? Are you building this community? Because it is so niche and I love it, um, but how would a photographer who wanted to create a community like this of their own, like how would they use this idea for themselves?
0: Well, I think uh, the, w- the way that we're using it for is it's one of those uh, pay-it-forward sort of things, I think, as a travel photographer. Um, I'm always looking for new locations. And I think if you can bring groups of people together with that you know like to do the same sort of thing, uh, there's strength in those numbers. So the whole idea for me, actually, just uh, by doing this was to lend uh, my network strength to my wonderful... Uh, students who who all deserve to have an audience for sure uh, and are doing really well with their SEO and I've trained them on you know all of this sort of stuff um, and the social networking and how to properly share and all of that. So we go through all of that, but I think that having this one centralized location it, it brings the uh, the team together uh, and it helps us work as uh, you know kind of in force. And it will just grow our library of, of places. I've already got a whole list of things bucketed yeah. <laughs> on, on the website of places I want to visit, you know, that uh, that my apprentices. And I think that was probably part of uh, that little thing that went off in my head is I've been out to California to visit my apprentices. I've been down to New York City, hung out with Scott and his apprentices and then went to Philly and Washington, D.C. and then uh, Chicago here just recently and it was all hanging out with, uh, you know, and I say students, they're just fellow photographers. They're, I'm learning as much from them as they learn from me, really. And so it's it's that mutual beneficial thing, I think, that kind of brought all this together. And I just thought that, wow, if we're all working on this together, uh, kind of a, you know, a tour de force of travel photographers. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's just going to bring even more folks into uh, the fray, and they're going to enjoy Sharing their locations, and we're going to enjoy uh, checking those out for ourselves too. So yeah, I, you no, know, I love it. I, I
1: do think that the idea of, the tra- of travel Obscura could be used in other photography genres. For example, um, wedding obs- uh, Obscura, where it's you know uh, best you know uh, uh, locations for the bridal party photos and stuff like that, and or engagement um, locations and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if, if a membership based plugin uh, or site could be used in just a general photography business. Right. Um, I haven't found a reason why, but in any education, any photographer's doing education, right. it'd be yeah. really useful. Um, yeah. So what, what's the membership plug that you recommend that you're using that you think other photographers that are looking to do something similar um, should, should consider?
0: Yeah. So uh, I went around and I looked at a bunch of different subscription based and and I tried a bunch of, I actually bought a couple and they didn't really, they didn't function completely the way that I wanted. I wanted social logins. um, I wanted, you know, a a user list that I could look at um, different membership levels, lockable content, all of that kind of stuff that kind of in a complete package. And the base um, the base price of the the plugin, I think, is forty nine dollars, and it's it's called Ultimate Membership Pro, and I uh, purchased it through Code Canyon, which is part of the Envato uh, network. So if you go over to themeforest.net, that's where Envato does all their Code Canyon things over there. And if you do a search for um, that plugin, and and you guys have a link to that too mm-hmm. that you can include, um, it it is just a great front end. It's really easy. It uses short codes for lockable content. It, I mean, it's super easy to set up. It migrates your current users. So like all of my authors were already users on WordPress. It migrated those in, and I gave them um, special levels. So we have levels uh, that this thing, we set up with it, uh, the traveler, the explorer, the master travelers, and they all get different, You know, you can assign them different uh, levels of content. And it also... Uh, it interweaves itself into your post editor so that in the post editor, you can, you can say, well, I don't want anybody except for this level to be able to see this post. <laughs> and it literally will not show it on the page unless they're that level. Um, so it's, it's really super easy to use. Um, it took a little bit of getting used to, but they, they have a really good uh, tutorial uh, video you know, uh, set out there for mm-hmm. for it, and uh, highly recommend it. is a great plugin. Nice. Um, so let's
1: move into uh, a different topic. Um, so you've got a couple couple websites, and mainly you do the abandoned scape and uh, landscapes. You do are doing some architecture stuff with that now. And um, so what? Let's talk about travel and landscape photographers specifically. What type of what features of a website, what aspects should a travel landscape photographer include on their website, no matter what? Like what what should they have that is visible for visitors to see on their website?
0: Well, I think it it's super important to make sure that uh, that your website represents a launch pad for your social media, for everything. And I think it's I see a lot of times when I go to websites that like uh, social media and social sharing are, is kind of buried and I have to hunt for it. And I think that putting it out there in uh, right in front of folks when, when they're viewing the website, uh, you know, we've done a lot of study. Uh, if you look at, so if you go to the about page on Travel Obscura and you go down through all the authors, everybody's individual websites are there. And you'll see a lot of their websites look similar. Um, we've done a lot of uh, data study uh, and, looking at what is working for travel photographers out there. And we've basically given foundation websites to all of these folks so that they can concentrate on their writing and on their content over little design elements. Like all the basic design elements are there, grid design and and whatnot and uh, sidebars, monetization and all that sort of stuff. I think as a, as a travel photographer, it comes down to uh, what you need on your website. Um, if you are, Individually wealthy, you probably don't need to have revenue streams everywhere. Um, some of us folks, though, um, myself included, I have uh, several uh, plugins that I use, so I've worked out affiliations with uh, those people, and those uh, affiliations ride alongside my content so people know when they see my photos. They know what I use to create those photos. Um, I also do quite a bit of Amazon linking and that sort of stuff uh, when I do product reviews. Um I think all of that stuff is important. I mean, mean, there's a whole bunch of little teeny-weeny elements out there that may not seem very important, but when you put them all together in a certain format, they work really well together. Um, I think probably what I see, the biggest problem that I see with a lot of photographers is image size management (laughs) um, and slow-loading websites. Um, And no matter how fast your server, um, if if you include five photos, in your on your website, and they're all hosted by WordPress, and they're all like full-resolution photos. If you think each photo is maybe eight megabytes, you're talking about you know a forty-megabyte load uh, for one page. And yeah, it's
1: it's a yeah. it's a
0: problem that
1: that um, I think is a issue that sites like SmugMug and Photo Shelters and Folio um, sort of paved way for photographers to think that they can just upload the largest images right. to their own website and. Um, it's something that we're trying to educate photographers about yeah. all the time and it's, it's an issue. Um, there are plugins that can automatically shrink them but photographers don't always realize that they need to install that if they're making this mistake over and over again. Um, sure,
0: Yeah, so. and that's the number one thing I teach is image optimization and you know the the um, what's really cool is in the latest version of WordPress when you send something over to the media library you can actually call that item up in the media library and click an edit button and then there's a little crop thing over there and if you change, say you upload something, I found this is pretty amazing you can try this as an experiment size your image to 1920 long edge so make sure that the longest edge of your image is is 1920 pixels upload it to your media library and then go into the media library and, and Rescale it by one pixel, so change it from 1920 to 1919. It will cut your image size in half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, am-
1: it's because uh, WordPress by default includes uh, compression. I think wow. it's um, brings it down to I think 60 or 70 um, of the uh, like you know when you go out of Photoshop or whatever and you can compress. Um,
0: well, and I've done, I, but I, if I've done 60% out of Photoshop and then taken it to WordPress and and done that same thing, and it's yeah. cut it in half again.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna keep compressing it. You if you yeah. keep doing it, it's gonna keep compressing.
0: Isn't uh, that it,
2: that was new as a version three point five too, right? It, the right. The yeah, it used is. to be
1: it used to be eighty. Now it's down to sixty or seventy. And but so, the image so, quality is
0: still pretty darn
1: good. <laughs> yeah, if well, you do it once, it should be okay. If you do it more than once. Then you're gonna have an issue, <laughs> right? And,
2: yeah. and there are plugins to turn that off for photographers. Yeah. So yep. you know, if you like, we talk a lot about JPEG Mini, and there are the plugins to choose. Like, is Smush It a good one? I've seen that on a lot of sites.
1: Um, I used Smush It um, bef- while Yahoo had that algorithm live, and the plugin used Yahoo's actual okay. mush algorithm. Yep. When Yahoo discontinued it, and the plugin, that that Smush plugin was acquired by um, WPU, WPMU Dev. I stopped using it. Um, and uh, I, I just do offline compression with JPEG Mini now. I don't even bother right. using the plugin anymore. But there's tons of plugins um, out there. Uh, there's an, there's a, a really good article that I wrote um, that was fairly controversial uh, and, and, and got some good uh, traction uh, about doing offline co- uh, optimization instead of online. Um, and I'll link to that in the show notes so everybody can read it.
2: Well, I think the conversation there is that, you know, what 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 we were talking about is, like, you know, how making sure you have beautiful images and making sure that they're not huge images and how... And, and the WordPress is constantly changing because for businesses that aren't photographers, you know, they don't necessarily have the knowledge of how to do the compression. So WordPress is trying to do it for them. So as photographers, because your images are your number one thing, you really need Mm -hmm. to know where to upload, how to compress, and and the options that are out there. Because what if you do do online compression and then WordPress changes again? You know, There's always these things that you can't... I mean, we tout that WordPress, you own your content and you do, but you still need to understand Uh, at least the basics of this image stuff.
1: Um, One plugin I would recommend photographers who keep making this mistake and uh, even though they might realize it and they keep making the mistake, check out Insanity. It's basically a plugin that will automatically shrink your pixels. If you upload at 3,000 pixels on the long edge, it'll automatically resize it to Whatever size you set the plugin for, nice. um, automatically you don't have to think about it. So you can upload full size as much as you want, and it won't make a difference because it'll shrink it before it even touches your website.
2: Wow, um, that's interesting. And yeah. there's no compression loss. That see, that's what I worry about. You know. Right,
1: yeah. Well, it yeah, it, there is compression loss only because um, you know WordPress by by default has that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, I, you know, if, if you are worried about the compression that WordPress does, then yeah, I would say install the plugin that'll disable that feature. Right. Um,
0: but uh, yeah, and on the other side of that too, um, all of my apprentices right now are uh, serving their images from SmugMug, so we're we're actually not even they're not even the server load is not even coming from our media libraries, so we're not sending we're we're serving great directly from SmugMug. And why did
1: you guys choose to do that instead of uploading it? Was it because of image sizes?
0: Well, partially, and then partially because of the uh, the way we have it set up. If you do, so the, so the, when any, whenever you go to a website, the number one thing that people love to do is click on a photo. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's it, right? That's, that's what we do on the Internet. We see a photo, we click on it. So on all of our websites, when you click on the photo, it takes you to buy and purchase options right at SmugMug. And we also code SmugMug so that it looks just like the website so they don't feel like they're being transported away from the website too when they do that. So, so
1: why not sell your images on your WordPress website instead of going, setting somewhere, someone self to... Self-fulfilled?
0: Yeah. Um, just simply because this is a foundation building uh, exercise for these students, so we're not, I'm not ready to teach them how to mat and print and do all that kind of stuff. Um, we actually, you know what's really funny is <laughs> that even though the Arcanum is based around photography, mm-hmm. um, this part of it um, we're we're really teaching more about the web side of it and getting them a good foundation. Well, start. So
1: you don't need to teach about matting um, and printing because self-fulfill, even though it's technically self-fulfill, you can still send it to a print lab. Um, like, yeah, like there's a lot more
0: wrapped into that with licensing and all sorts of things, too, though, that I'm not encompassing all of that in this particular course. This is more about the writing and, okay. you know, showing them how to embed images and that sort of thing. Right. But it also, the other thing is, too, is that um, I cover, I'm right now I'm running an optimized uh, WordPress server mm-hmm. uh, from Bluehost, and so um, in order to keep the... Um, because the amount of stories that we have pouring in, pretty much from these 16 people, um, I think right now Travel Obscura has like 121 entries on it right now, places so far, um, and that's that site. And then we have 16 other websites besides my own, so the server load's pretty heavy um, to put, um, you know, without CDNing or or doing any of that stuff, which I can't, I can't foot the cost on everybody's websites for that. Right without you know providing another server to handle the image load, so,
2: so you're having all of your servers in house for this as well,
0: is that uh, true? for most of it? Yeah, there's a couple okay. of folks that are serving like that. Um, we have a gentleman who's in um, in the UK and uh, another one who's in Osaka, Japan, and they're both uh, they're both the self-serving because they okay. they uh, because of their location. But you know, for the most part, most of the students. Uh, uh, basically part of the course was that they would get web space and, and all that sort of stuff.
2: So. so we talk a lot about managed versus uh, shared hosting here because most photographers don't necessarily know someone. Um, do you have a recommendation on w- what you recommend for people that don't have space on your
0: servers? Well, I mean, I've I've used Bluehost for quite a while and have, have had great luck with them. Um it, you know, there's a technical side of it that you're going to have to learn, you know, learning cPanel and learning the backside of a server. But the WordPress optimized Bluehost uh, setup is like they've made it pretty push-button. I mean, a WordPress installation is one button and you boom, you've got WordPress and you just follow the prompts and you're good to go. Um, you know, and they, they have uh, Varnish they use, uh, which works with... Some plugins doesn't work with all plugins. like on my server, I've actually had to disable uh, varnish because it interferes with my digital downloads, which I do self-serve um, for all my photo tools off my website. Um, I do self-serve all of those and uh, varnish interferes. It's caching just doesn't work.
1: So for anybody who doesn't know what varnish is basically it's a it's a layer of caching like a caching plugin for WordPress except it's on the server side. Um, varnish is a really good caching. Um, level, but it is uh, finicky. So if if there is something that does not play well with it, your site will have more issues
0: than than mm-hmm. actually helping it. Um. Yeah. It was so, very frustrating. It, yeah, because I had just gotten my site finished and uh, moved over to this new server. Everything got migrated over and uh, they turned on Uh, the stuff and everything was working great and awesome and I armed my plugins and all of a sudden everything blew up you know and and so finally narrowed it down their their support was great though I mean they narrowed it down and realized that it was varnish that was causing the problem and uh, we turned that off and everything went back to being awesome
2: yeah, I feel um, like caching and CDN are always something that you want to talk to your website host about and that's why yeah. we really talk about managed hosting for photographers because then you can have that conversation like, oh, this isn't working why and they can recommend, well, we have this CDN. Um I know ImageLeak has that provided for their uh, hosting, and then um, some of the shared hosting don't, so they recommend that you install it, and then it could break it. So having that conversation with whoever you are hosting with is, is very crucial because, I mean, even I'm a halfway technical person. I'm not as technical as either of you guys, but it that gets confusing when you're talking about CDN and caching and where things are going when you're a photographer and you just want to upload good, beautiful images, you know?
0: Yeah, and that was the goal with the Sphere 2 was to take kind of, I would take that role for them yeah. and, you know, ease them into it. Like, I, you know, that's one of the problems that we talk about in the Arcanum. Sometimes things, you know, there's it's just too much to, to handle all at once. And so, you know, that's my position there is to kind of ease that for them. They don't have to worry about that sort of thing right now, but they're learning about it, which is important that they don't have to try to do it, you know, like on the fly for real on a live website, you know, and we started out with a lot of the websites. We sandboxed a lot of them and didn't go live with them. We just allowed people to kind of play around and get them the way they wanted to, and then we armed them with, you know, the real domains and started uh, releasing them to the search engines and all that sort of stuff. So.
2: Awesome.
1: Um, Rachel brought up something earlier that I wanted to just quickly touch on. Um, you know, there's always this um, area that where I I hear people compare shared hosting to managed hosting, and um, I I recently put out this article about the difference between the two and actually how you cannot compare the two. Um, Mm. So I I just want to quickly touch on it um, before we close up because um, it's such an important topic uh, because ImageLay hosting is a managed host, and Bluehost is a shared host that might offer a managed plan, Um, but they're actually very different so um, shared hosting is basically a server that your website sits on but has hundreds of other websites, hundreds of other customers on the same server, which has its uh, vulnerabilities and has its upsides. Upsides is you're basically renting space on a server with many other people. So imagine you're renting an apartment in a huge apartment complex. It's going to be less expensive than if your apartment was, you know, in a, an apartment building that had or apartments. Um, right. So it's the rent is cheaper, right?
0: Let me uh, interject real quick there while you're on that yeah. subject because I do have a little story that goes along with that. When sure. I first started with Bluehost I was on a shared server mm-hmm. and I was experiencing horrible performance Yep. and I didn't know why. Um, and when I looked at the error logs I saw that uh, whoever was sharing the server with me was had a, let's just say, bad website on it. Mm-hmm. Let's just say bad website. Let's put it that way. Um, and I went to Bluehost and I said, "Hey, man, I this isn't me, but I'm having poor, you know." And they're like, "Well, you're on a shared server." Right. Bluehost actually offers a dedicated server, which is what we have. So we have a dedicated WordPress server that I actually have many. I have 15 websites on, but they're that we're not sharing it outside of our group. No one yeah. else is on our server. So yeah, yeah dedicated that, is
1: a so there's many different levels. There's share, yeah. there's VPS, and then there's dedicated. Yep. um then there's cloud and so right. let's um uh shared hosting uh getting back to the fact that it's cheaper it does have its vulnerabilities like what ad just said it, right. you know, you're if if somebody else on the server is having an issue your site can have an issue if one site on the server gets hacked your site can get hacked
2: Right, Um, and most photographers are on shared hosting and they may not know it because they go to GoDaddy or Bluehost and both are reputable, but they're shared. Even SiteGround, I mean, those are shared hosts, so you are on a server with other, even though you may not know it.
1: Yeah. Now, managed hosting is actually not a style, a, a server of hosting. Managed hosting is literally a company that is maintaining your website, doing the security checks, doing the updates if it's available. Doing backups, handling your CDN, doing all that kind of stuff, that's a managed host. Handling the maintenance of your website for you is a managed host. And there are different types of managed hosts. Like like what Rachel just said, SiteGround is a managed host. Every plan that they offer is managed. But, most of their plans are shared hosting. Even their cloud plans are shared cloud hostings. Mm -hmm. So, um, why? what I wanted to bring into this was that um, the difference between uh, a Bluehost shared plan a, even a Bluehost VPS plan, a dedicated plan is going to be very different, but an Imagely managed host, we only offer one type, and it's a, basically it's a, a, a single account in Amazon's cloud. So you have uh, not only is it single, but each of your sites that you have hosted with Imagely has its own private cloud server. Okay. So um, they're very different. So whenever you hear somebody compare shared to manage, keep in mind you cannot compare them. They're very different. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll link to a big article about this uh, as well um, that I think everybody should uh, read. And actually, I did it as an audio as well, so you can, if you don't want to read it, you can listen to it. Basically, I go on a nice rant about the difference between the two and um, uh it's been going over well in the photo, in the photo community so i'm i'm thankful Well
2: it's obviously something that's close to your heart Scott yeah. but it's also the conversation here and it's great that you know we had the conversation start because AD has his own server but yeah. When you sign up, the the conversation should be about who who can you as a photographer taking pictures talk to about these things. Like, right. we're here for education. We're here to try and help you. But ultimately, when your site goes down, you have to fix it, especially if you're on some of these plans. So like with a shared hosting, regardless of the server or the yep. cloud or that – you need to call them and say my site is down and the answer may be there's nothing we can do for you right. and then what do you do, right? But whereas when you are on a managed hosting or where you are with someone that you trust who's you know doing your server there's a conversation that can happen and sometimes that conversation is worth more than sort of all the money in the world because your website is your business it's your storefront it's your it's you know it's what people see as clients and it's what brings in the revenue really if you really think about it so yeah. there's a lot of levels to that
1: Yeah a really good example of that is that if you were on a shared hosting plan unmanaged and you had an issue with a WordPress plugin and you didn't know what it was and you went to the the hosting company and you said hey my website's got this issue I don't know what it is they might say, well, it looks like it's this plugin, um, so you're going to have to go to them. Here's a link to their support form or whatever, right? right? So that's that pretty much what you'll get. They might help you diagnose it and then just send you on the way, whereas a managed host, um, no matter the managed host that you're with, whether it's Imagely or SiteGround or, or someone else, GoDaddy has a managed plan too. It doesn't make a difference. One of the beauties about a managed host is that they're not only going to Find the problem, but they're going to help you to fix the problem, even right. if it's not their own product. So, right. example, for example, they might say, The problem is this plugin, XYZ. I'm, I'm going to introduce a patch to fix it, but here's what I recommend you to submit to them so they resolve it in the future.
2: Right, and that's part of the community of WordPress, and then yeah. you know, yep. bringing the community of photography into the community of WordPress. I mean, I think they're very similar in structure. They're both very strong communities centered around um a, a passion for something. Um, it's just how does does the photography community communicate to the WordPress community, and it helps to have someone in between who understands both. Um, but sure. we should mention there there are other managed hostings. WP Engine is a big yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to bring it back to the point about, you know, you can do as much work as you want, but having being able to have a conversation and feel like there's someone to support you is a huge relief. I mean, it's a huge, yep. like, sure. uh, you know, I'm th- I can't even think of the word, but just peace of mind, there it is, you know.
0: <laughs> um, so anybody yep. out there, just I'll throw out this plug really quick, if you guys don't mind, if there is anybody out there who is, Interested in what we're doing with the travel and thing? I actually just did open up another uh, five slots uh, available for another round of folks coming in. So um, if you're part of the Arcanum or thinking about it or whatever, that's that's out there.
2: Just that's awesome. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you about that about if you were going to open more and um, you know because I think so. Do you have to be a member of the Arcanum to sort of uh, get into that running?
0: Well, right now, as, the, as it stands, the project is kind of closed to the Arcanum Apprentices, Travel Obscura is. Um, it, the, the thing with the Arcanum is you have to come in and do like a Sphere 0, Sphere 1 before you can get to this program with me um, because it's, you know it goes by levels. Um, so you know if anybody's interested in the Arcanum, they go through the first couple of levels. It's, it's pretty quick if you, if you put your mind to it. You can be through it in a month. And then you can come on, you know, and possibly get into this project. We're not. We've had a lot of folks ask us about, like, are you taking on writers, uh, uh, any more authors, any of that sort of thing? And right now, we are not. Um, the biggest thing we need right now are supporters to um, help us kind of shape the site and get right. it so that it's working perfectly for everybody. And then we'll start considering that. But the overall goal here is to revenue share at some point when we get uh, self-sufficient to revenue share the website uh, income with the authors. So it's going to be like a paid thing someday. We can get there. Great. <laughs> but, you know, it's well, expensive. that's awesome.
2: So we've talked about, I think, a lot um, in this episode. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Scott?
1: no uh i was actually I was actually going to ask a d the same thing i mean we're going to link to uh the Explorographer and travel Obscura in the show notes but a d is there any el- anything else you want to add any final thoughts or any other places that you want people to uh, look for you uh no
0: you can start at the website that's the best place <laughs> <laughs> awesome
1: great um well thank you a d for joining us today um Thank you, Rachel, for being an awesome co-host, like and always.
2: Thank you, Scott. And one more plug. This is episode 19, so our yes. next episode 20 is our Q&A. Um, so we really want you to ask questions. I promise there are no stupid questions. If if you have a question about WordPress and you're a photographer, uh, there are probably 7, 10, 100 other photographers out there that have that same question. Um, so please submit those questions, and Scott and I will talk to them through on the podcast number 20.
1: Yes. Uh, and you can submit those questions at imagely.com slash podcast slash Q. Um, and you can find the show notes from today's episode at imagely.com slash podcast slash 19.
2: 19. Yes.
1: So uh, until next time. Thank you. All right. Have a good one.
2: Bye.